Would you welcome John Cooper from Skillet? I got this. Amen. This has been revealed to you by. Thank you. It's a little Bible joke. She likes that. It is kind of weird sitting over here by myself. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I feel like I'm going to have to answer questions under the, you know, with the cord or something. All right. So we're going to. Inquisition. Gonna, yes. I'm just going to stand like this, which is way less awkward. So, um, all right. So uh, we're just going to kick it off, ask you a couple things, and then we'll open it up because we definitely want to hear what your questions are out there. So why don't you tell us, first of all, uh, how you got started in music? Okay. You know, I think I am going to stand. Yeah. Well. See, it's I, weird, I, I right? I feel like I can see people better. Yeah. <laughs> I like to see your pretty faces. Um, Okay, how I got started in music yep. was the question. My mom was a uh, piano teacher uh, and a voice teacher, and that's why my voice sounds so trained. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's hilarious. Anyway, um, uh, my my story is kind of funny, and people maybe if you've been here, when you probably you probably have like, heard it for the fifth time, but for people who don't know, it's kind of funny, which is that um, I heard rock music for the first time when I was five years old. I was at my friend's house, and they had MTV, and I didn't know what MTV was, so I heard Michael Jackson beat it, so I got to see the video. That was my first experience with non-church music or non-classical music, and I loved it, and I came home singing it, and my mom just freaked out and gave me, like, country butt-whooping <laughs> spank of the universe because she was horrified that I was singing the devil's music. And so that kind of began, let's see, that began my first Bill Gothard series I went to. <laughs> just, yeah, it's, it's just for the old people that know it, what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, there was this huge movement about, you know, the drum beat being satanic and all this. So that went on for a long time. And then, but I played music. I loved playing piano as a kid and, and voice and stuff like that. And loved music. And when I was in Fifth grade is when I really heard, like, rock music for the first, like, metal. Uh, Metallica, actually. Changed my life. And, uh, yeah, yeah, my best friend had his first weight bench. You know what I mean? Because so, it was the 80s. So, like, you know, you know, lifting weights was a big thing. And he's like, hold on. I got something you got to hear. And he puts Metallica in. And we were like, ooh, made me angry. I almost like it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, all the women are like, what? And all the guys are like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, that kind of began my love for rock music, and, and I couldn't listen to it, but my friends introduced me to Christian rock music, which, funny enough, my parents also really were against. In fact, Christian rock music, from a lot of people, was kind of revered as being even, like, worse than rock music because they were wolves in sheep's clothing, so they were satanic artists that were leading people astray but acting like they were Christians. So that began, like, my real struggle with the, the whole rock and roll being evil thing. And uh, anyway, long story short, I started listening to Christian music, and I fell in love with Christian music, Petra and, and DeGarmo and Key and Amy Grant and every, everybody. And uh, I just always thought if I got to play music, I'd like to do what those artists did for me. They gave me something to listen to that was encouraging and, and taught me about Jesus. Um, I mean, most Petra songs had more Bible in them than most churches do today. Those uh, those They were just like, so much Bible, and uh, 
So I learned a lot about the Lord from Christian music, and it was there for me, and, and it kind of, music always spoke to me, so it was great to have something to, that made me feel understood, and, and uh, it kind of gave me identity in a certain way. So I always thought if I got to do music, I would like to do that for other people, and that's, that's a long answer, but that's my story. Can you tell us a little bit about what your walk with God looks like daily? My walk with God. Um, uh, you know that God's name is Andy? Andy walks with me. Yeah, I heard that when I was a kid. Yeah, it's so dumb. I know. I've never repeated it. Heard it from my grandfather as a kid. Never said it. Said it for the first time. I tried it on. Didn't fit. Anyway, um, it's just because you said walk with God, and that's what I thought about. It's your fault that I'm saying stupid stuff. I'm telling you, it's always their fault every time I do this. Um, let's see. You know, you, always, you have things that you feel called to even maybe when you're a young Christian and maybe you didn't know you were called to them or that maybe that was like God was putting something in you that was uh, like a marker for who you are. And I noticed as a young person that happened. I didn't realize that maybe it was, you know, like something that God uh, had created me to be a certain way. But as I got older, I realized that I've got this kind of like John the Baptist kind of spirit thing. Like I really don't like uh, I really have a real passion against like legalism and a passion against like uh, we don't we don't do this because the Bible says whatever, but the Bible doesn't really say that. It just it, it made you think you were being a better Christian by doing it and you were earning God's favor by not listening to uh, drums or something stupid like that. Even as a young person, I'd read my Bible and I would say, this just doesn't make any sense. It's either got to be that God created music or that the devil has created music. And I don't, even as a kid, it didn't make sense. And I wasn't even a theologian like I am now. So <laughs> those are the things I think have identified me. And uh, it's probably why a lot of our lyrics are the way they are and our music is the, the way that we are. And I found like this real passion for, for evangelism and a passion against legalism to go hand in hand for my life. So my kind of daily life with the Lord, I love evangelism. That's what gets me the most kind of hyped up. I love telling people about Jesus. Uh, I love it even more when people ask me about Jesus because of uh, my life. And that's not bragging on myself. That's what we're meant to be, right? We're meant to be worthy of imitation kind of. So that's not like I think I'm awesome because I'm not. I do stupid stuff sometimes. But I own that stupid stuff and I don't make excuses for it, so it's not like this, This, uh, hey, we all sin, and it, no, that's not good. If you do it, you own it, and you ask God to forgive you, you go and sin no more. Not that, you, I think you know what I mean, right? Do I have to explain that? So somebody sent me a tweet, you said you can never sin. Not what I was meaning, but, you know, that's what Jesus said, of course. The idea is that you put the bar up, and if you live that kind of Christian life in the world, as a youth worker or, or whatever your job, and maybe you're a youth worker and also have a, an, a job that pays the bills, rock star, teacher, mom, dad, whatever, everything you do should be that, that light and that example. That's what I'm really passionate about. So my daily life with the Lord beyond my own prayer time, I love theology too. I love reading books about from Piper and people like that and Spurgeon. <laughs> Spurgeon will knock the legalism out of you, right? Anyway, uh, I love that stuff, but the thing is I get really excited about talking with my friends about Jesus, sharing Jesus with other people, talking to my kids. I love talking to my kids about the Lord because I realize that a lot of people think the kids are too stupid to understand things about God, but it's not true at all. The, the kids are so open to the Holy Spirit, and they're in a lot of ways more open than we are because they don't have all these uh, 
defenses and things. So I was getting to talk with my kids uh, just this week, you know, about tithing because my son's 11 now and he just started doing chores and he gets his allowance. So we talk about why we give to the Lord and that, um, that giving to the Lord is something that when you give to the Lord, you're doing something like what God does because he is a giver. You know, he's someone that, that pours out blessing. So the, the more you give to God with a cheerful heart, the more that God is going to bless you in your life and stuff like that. I love that stuff. That gets me pumped up, as you can tell, maybe. <laughs> I'm like Pac-Man. No, 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 <laughs> no. Um, have you had uh, maybe over the past year or just maybe in the entire career some favorite moments that you've had in Skillet? Favorite moments in Skillet? I've had so many. It's been tw this is our 21st year, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my first year at Creation was probably um, 97. So that was before, like, a lot of people were born. Anyway, don't tell your kids that because I'm young. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, me and Toby are keeping it. We're keeping it real, all right? Um, let's see. So many great moments. You know, just this week something really cool happened that I'm it's, – it's not the coolest moment. It's just that it's fresh on my mind. So Skillet tours with a lot of um, – a lot of, you know, secular bands. We don't just do Christian events. And uh, I love touring with secular artists. And I always, uh, I go into the tour, and it, it's my goal that I do not tell the bands, I do not talk to the bands about Jesus. That's my rule. I wait till they talk to me about Jesus, because they all know we're a Christian band. It's not like people don't know that. So they know we're a Christian band. And there's always, like at first, there's a little bit of the What's this people going to be like? They're going to be preaching at me. And we hang out, and we have a good time. And the longest we've ever gone was six days without a band being like, okay, you guys are Christians, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they feel like I'm, like I'm hiding something for them. And, and then I'm like, yeah, I am. And so that's when you, you, know, you take that right there. You just, no, I'm kidding. I'm very violent today. Anyway, uh, that, that's a joke. But I love that because it's real relationship. Uh, it's not like we are only there for a day, you know. We're here for two months, and we're going to be friends, and you can you can act like yourself and do whatever you want to do around me. It's not going to bother me, and if it bothers me, I'll just leave, but I'm not going to judge you for it. And then I've had people, you know, one time I was on tour, and it was two weeks in, somebody gave me a call. We had never talked about Jesus, singer from the other band. And he says, uh, it's a few years ago, he says, Hey, do you have time to talk? It was after a show. It was like 1.30 in the morning. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I'm on my bus. And he's like, I wanna, do you think that we could get together tomorrow and talk about, like, I don't know, like Jesus? And I said, yeah, we can do that. And, he's, and so we talked about Jesus, and we prayed together. And he is now a radically saved Christian. So there are people like that in the, in the music industry. And, again, that's not because of me. I was one of you know, 30 people God brought along uh, along the way. That's not because I did something awesome. That's because God does something awesome, but he lets us be a part of those things, you know. So those are the stories I really love. So what's fresh that happened this week is that uh, a band that we toured with, one of my favorite people that I met on the, uh, on the road, and I was a little nervous because this is a band that is very known for really being anti-religion in general. I don't want to say necessarily anti-Jesus, but anti-religion, and very kind of against organizing, against Christians in general. And we got to be great friends, and his wife and my wife got to be good friends. And uh, uh, it's just been cool. Something happened this week, you know, getting a phone call and saying, hey, can you pray for us? We're having a hard time in our marriage, and, and you and Corey have something that's supernatural. And can you pray for us? So when people that 
don't believe in God want you to pray to God for them just in case. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, that's really cool. I mean, we all know that kind of stuff's real. When you have something happen in your life that's tragic, you kind of reach out for whatever. And if, you know, some people are like, yeah, if it's Buddha, Jesus, I don't care what it is. You know, they, I want everything. And so we say, absolutely, we'll pray for you. And you know, know what God's going to do. But I've got like a thousand stories like that. But they basically all come back around for me to bragging on Jesus. I love to brag on Jesus. I love to brag on the Holy Spirit because he does such so many great things when you're you're open to what to what he says. And uh, that's what Skill has been able to do with um mainly on the mainstream tours, which I really love. I love those kind of fringe people. I like that. I'd rather be with someone who's just sinning all the time than with a person that's a Christian who sins all the time but says all the right stuff. I can't stand that. And to tell you the truth, I've been on countless Christian tours where I'm just amazed that these people say they're Christians. I don't know why they play in Christian bands, uh, even worship bands. I've just been amazed because I, I think, why don't you just go be in a rock band or a pop band? Why are you here acting like you're a Christian uh, when you clearly don't, you, you want the goodies, but you don't want the lordship? John the Baptist doesn't play that in the Bible, but I was saying I don't like it either, but he doesn't. <laughs> So I don't want to be rude. I'm not calling names. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying, hey, the fruit doesn't taste right. You know what I mean? Amazing to me. Get yourself straight. And you know what else is annoying? I'm going to tell you. I'm just going to keep going. I'll tell you what else is annoying. And I don't know if anybody here has done something like this, but there's a lot of these like, oh, well, let me think. Let me pray and ask the Lord if I should say this. Yes. Uh I'm really amazed because there's a lot of, of people that they're called like, uh, they're kind of like called road pastors or something. So it's like, like you come see Skill to Play, and I said, this is my road pastor. He comes out and teach, you know, he keeps us in line. But it's always the bands have the road pastors that are the most wrecked. And I'm always like, are you doing your job? I don't know. Have a talk. Everybody knows what this guy's doing. It's clear. All you got to do is look at him, and you see he's sleazy. Tell him to stop looking at pornography. It's clear that's what he's doing. Have a talk. I don't know why they don't, but it really annoys me. So I'm throwing that out there. It really makes me mad. <laughs> Just makes me mad. You don't have to have a cell phone. You can live without it. Maybe I got off topic. Move on. Move on. <laughs> Sorry. It's apparently a soapbox. Good gracious. It's unbelievable. So just stop me. All right. All right, let's open it up out there. Who's got some questions right here in the front? For God's sake, open it up to questions. <laughs> uh, I love being under the bus, man. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so do you have your teeth? Yeah. Oh, you got your teeth still. Oh, oh, I do see the nose. Okay, that makes sense. But I, I specifically, as a pastor, I put myself in the world. Yeah. And so, first I want to say thank you because I've been able to bring several hockey players to the show. Uh, this will actually be the first show I've ever brought at a church in Connecticut. Oh, all right. Yeah. So my question is, if a teacher puts themselves in those situations, I guess the follow-up would be, you heard of this, could you say any more? Right. Yes. 
Oh, thank you. That's a, that's a, a such a cool story. I love it, man. I love people on the fringe, or maybe people that don't want to come to church or whatever, coming to shows. That's what it's all about for me. I never wanted to do just Christian music. I always wanted to do Christian music, but I wanted to also do rock music, and I didn't know they'd have to be exclusive. And and in the end, it actually is true. The rock world hates Christian music. And I used to think that was not true. It's true. But it's not It's not the fans. It's the, it's the gatekeeper people. It's the radio people that are sex, drugs, rock and roll. And the fans are kind of like, I just wanted to hear some music while I was, uh, you know, hammering nails at my job. I didn't care about the sex and drugs part. Just give me something to listen to, you know. So the fans aren't like that. The radio people hate it uh, because they see you as kind of ruining their thing. So I love, I love that world because uh, it's, uh, you know, let me say it like this. I'm going to rewind. Here's what I want to say. I used to sing songs that were a lot more blatantly Christian. And when we went mainstream, that kind of stopped. To be fair, it kind of stopped before we went mainstream, but most people think that it was at the same time. They think we went mainstream, so we watered down. No, it's not true. What happened was this. I released a record in 2001 called Alien Youth, and it was my first mainstream interview I ever did. Uh, and the first line of the, of the album says, Worldwide Jesus Domination, Love Conquers All. And this interview, this woman said, I just so I don't understand this Christian thing, but your first line of your record says worldwide Jesus domination. Do you guys support violence for religion? And I said, no. What do you mean? And I kept trying to explain it. No matter how many times I explained it, she just could. She wouldn't even be mean. She's like, I just don't really understand what your songs are about. Can you try it again? And God spoke to me, and I realized I'm singing music for only Christian people because other people have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's when I began writing songs about life that your friends in the locker room can hear and not know it's about Jesus, um, and but still like the music. And then maybe it's like throwing a little seed out, you know. I don't see that to be uber different than Jesus's uh, parables, because I'm not super smart and I don't understand half of the parables, except that I've heard pre preachers tell me why. So it's not uber different than hearing it and being like, "What?" You know, even the disciples are like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, so I love that aspect. I love those people. I wouldn't say that I like it more than doing Christian tours because I got so many good friends here, Toby and. Uh, so, uh, casting crowns, so many good friends that I've toured with third day that I really love. And I love Christian music. I have two kids, by the way. My kids are 14 and 11. And I love being able to go, here's the new Toby record. You know, here's the new Building 429, Disciple. Oh, my gosh, I just watched Disciple. That's why I was late. Yeah. Just, I can't get enough of that. It, made me, it makes me want to, you know, lift some weights. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so I love all those bands, but I love being able to give it to my kids, and I know that what they're listening to is good. And Christians need to be fed, you know. So all of this is beautiful and wonderful, and I love it. But what God spoke to me was, if evangelism is the cry of my heart, then I need to write songs and get out where those people are, because Christian music is for Christian people. And actually, Christian music is becoming even more for Christian people, in my opinion. It's basically all worship now. So people that outside of the church, I don't know if they quite know what's happening with that. And that's not a, a slam because I love it. My, my kids love listening to it. We listen to it in the car together. And we worship at home together. So I love both of it. Yeah. I could say I probably feel more at home at the secular places because nobody 
gets mad at my tattoos or my beard or he's like, you look like you're someone we did Winter Jam and we had all this pyrotechnics. And somebody's like, I didn't know if I was in hell or heaven. It looked like a kiss show. And I was like, yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, I was so happy. I was like, that's, that's positive, right? My wife's like, no, that's not positive. Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> Good. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's get some more questions. In the fedora. I don't see who it is, actually. Because oh, there you are. Thank you, bud. Oh, well. <laughs> we toured with, uh, honestly, all of them. Uh, let's see. Recently, we played with Metallica, which is a bucket list for me. Um, we played with Iron Maiden in Italy. Come on now, man. Uh, I love it. Sometimes, sometimes I brag about it, and some people are offended. I just love that music. And uh, um, I've not played with ACDC, uh, and I've not played with, with uh, well, that's Bon Jovi. Those would probably be the only two that I would like to that we haven't. But, we've, you know, we played with Slipknot and, and Breaking Benjamin and Three Days Grace, and uh, we've toured with all those bands and Shine Down and... and just about everybody. Nickelback, yeah, yeah, we did Europe with Nickelback. Yeah, we. Uh, I love those tours. They're just really fun, and and uh, yeah, one of those tours. I won't say which one. One of those tours. One of the other band members brought their kids out as well, and my kids were on the tour, and my daughter led one of their kids to the Lord on that tour as well. Yeah, so it was really cool. Yes, yes. All right. All right, so my friend in the fedora, middle back, right there. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I hope so. I love Toby. He's great. Toby, every once in a while, has a road pastor, but he's got his stuff locked down, okay? Uh, I can't brag enough on Toby. Um, he's such a great person. I love his whole band. He's got this amazing, you know, diversity. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> to your neighborhood. Um, yeah, let's see. I hope to get some, do something with Toby again. I personally think it would be really cool. Well, Toby's a little bit more AC now, but like what, what Linkin Park did with Jay-Z like 10 years ago, like a hip-hop and a rock thing, I think that'd be kind of cool, but it's probably not as marketable as it would have been a decade ago, probably. All right, let's come over to this side. My friend in the blue shirt in the middle. Spiritually, when I was growing up, uh, Russ Taff, is, it was a Christian artist in the day, met him in the airport, started tearing up. I felt like a kid. I was like, your music really helped me growing up. <laughs> oh, man, man. The only time I've ever been starstruck, literally, ever, was when I met Amy Grant. And I pulled, I pulled the biggest. You guys remember the Chris Farley episodes where he forgets what he's saying? I pulled it. I couldn't believe it because I've, you know, anyway, I met Prince and people. But meeting Amy G, man, I was like, Amy Stinkin' G. She was like, oh, and what band do you play with? I was like, oh, I just, 
Uh, what's the name? Uh, just, uh, I was, it was unbelievable. But, you know, what I was thinking was, you don't care what band I play in, and why would you even want to know anyway? And it's such a dumb name, and i got to say Skillet. It's embarrassing. And I just thought, just, and she kept, a third time, I was like, oh, we're called Skillet. And, and she's like, I love you. And I was like, I know. No, I'm joking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I pulled a Han Solo. I know. Um, but that stuff is probably what spoke to me the most. Not to say there isn't current music that does, uh, just... I'm, I'm getting a blank for some reason. Uh, yes, yes, I'm starstruck. Uh, you know, there are things that I, maybe I'll say, maybe I'll give you some Christian music that I love. I love Disciple. I love, um, my wife loves worship music, so I don't love worship music, but it grows on me. God speaks to me through it, even though I don't love it, if that's kind of possible to say. Don't tell other artists I don't say I don't like worship music. I, I think they're great. It just needs some guitars really loud. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just unredeemed. Uh, so, so, so here's the thing. Uh, good friends with Carrie Job, which I do like, and, it, and that music will speak to me. My wife's a huge Lauren Daigle fan. They're friends. And so also when you get to be friends with people, the music starts to speak to you in different ways. Things that speak to me even more powerfully are, are you, you wouldn't even believe me if I said, so I'll just leave it at that. Purple Rain by Prince. Love it. <laughs> All right. Right on the edge. Honey, there. I know I know times are changing. <laughs> Love that stuff. <laughs> I remember. It's nice to see you again. Where's your man? As long as he's here. Or he didn't get credit for 101. All right. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it's like we're always together constantly, all the time. Imagine being around this all the time. It's a good thing my beard's so pretty or I don't think she would handle it. You know what I mean? It's that thing. I think, no, uh, I'm, I know I'm annoying to be with because I'm just constant. Like, this isn't even me on because of the microphone. This is just me in life. Where's my tour manager, Kyle? He's always like, one time we were eating together and I was just being myself. And he was like. Just turn it off. <laughs> where is he? He's here. He knows where he is, and I'm judging him. Anyway, but uh, it really is hard being together because it's not quality time. So I, what we've done with Skillet, we just have to be extremely uh, regimented. Everything we do is like every day. My kids have been on the road since they were born, so we have, we have homeschool. I have... Uh, I love to exercise, you know, and now my kids are old enough to, we make, we make them exercise and things like that. So everything's got to go to its plan. Every day I write music, and most every day I'll record something. Um, and then we just have to have time when it's like, uh, like some of our best time in the row, me and Corey will just go like to Target. <laughs> it's romantic. I, I'm, I'm pretty awesome. You want to go to Target for a coffee? Uh, but it's the road. You just got to do what you got to do because otherwise you're with 12 people in a bus all the time. So you have to do those things. What's been harder for me, I found, was, was trying to be a good father over, like, a good rock star because there's so much to do for the business. And, you know, um, I went to watch Disciple play, and I got backstage because – it, you know, if you if you sign an autograph, you're just gonna you're gonna be signing for hours, or you got to tell a whole bunch of people no. 
and there, were, there was this little girl, and she wanted on. I felt bad, and so I went inside. It was like 30 minutes later. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I got to go. That can happen every day, and I'll end up not seeing my kids because I'm just busy. So I just have to say no to certain things and try to be a good dad and a good husband, things like that. So you just got to be kind of regimented. You know, most bands stay up playing video games till 4 a.m., you know, sleep till noon, and that's not what Skillet Bus is like. <laughs> All right, right over here in the front. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Not not like we would maybe here. Um, up until a couple of years ago, I could say we never played a show without just giving glory to Jesus, or this song is for, for my hero, Jesus Christ, for the one who saved me, Jesus, something like that. That did stop a couple of years ago, and to tell you the truth, uh, it was hard for me because I love talking about Jesus. So, you know, my, uh, I don't know if this, it might sound like a cop-out, it, it, from my heart it's not, but it could be taken that way, but my thing would be the Holy Spirit saying, don't talk about Jesus rather than needed to be prompted to talk about Jesus because I love doing it. Uh, we were at a tour, and I share scripture, whatever, and the, and the promoter of the tour, Main Street Tour, they said, hey, that was way too much, way more than you did last time. And I felt God speaking to me that sometimes maybe it's more for me than it is what he wants me to say. And I thought, can that really be? You know what it's like? It's like the, uh, you know, with Peter, with the uh, the take and eat, with the thing from heaven, you know what I'm talking about, the animals, and he's like, no, 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 I don't, that's not me, and, and God's like, well, this is what I'm saying, to, you know, it's a little like that for me, so all that to say, night by night, I will, I will feel if I, I will ask the Lord if I feel led to do it, I usually always do, but there are times now, opening for Metallic, opening for, that it just feels like if I do it now, I'm, way, I'm, I'm spinning my card, and I will not get asked to come back. Yes, that happens unless you're selling a whole lot of records, and uh, well, that sounds like a joke, but it's true, and, and, and frankly, we have sold a lot of records at certain times. There's been times we can get away with more, uh, you know, than other times, and if you're bringing a lot of tickets, you can give a shout out, and they're fine with it, so it's a little bit of that, not that it's a fear of man thing, but a fear of, not, not a fear of man, but, but uh, um, a prudent prudent thing where this is where I feel called to be. How do I stay here? And the real truth is this, and this is where I felt God really speaking to me, is that people coming generally know we're a Christian band. And they generally know for the fact that we might be the only band not cussing on stage. We might be the only band, well, uh, we might be the only band, I mean, can I just say what I want to say? I mean, strippers backstage, cocaine backstage, whatever it is. That's kind of what a lot of those tours are like. And everybody kind of has a general sense of this band is different than the other bands. Um, and not to be even more crude, but, you know, there's also a lot of, like, bands will ask people to, you know, take their clothes off in the audience. There's a lot of those things that happen with a lot of other bands, and even the fact alone that you're not doing it, everybody's like, what's going on with this group? So I found that the anointing of Holy Spirit is with us without us having to say anything, and I felt God speaking to me that a few years ago, 
And so I went for it. And I got this amazing, I'll tell you one story, amazing email. We were playing with Allison Chains, and uh, uh, somebody came to the show. I had no idea whose skill it was. And during our song, uh, just felt like I need to ask somebody if they know who Jesus is. Asked somebody in the crowd, and they said, yeah, got saved, started going to church. Sent us an email a year later saying, I got saved at your show, opening for Allison Chains, which I w- wouldn't have said anything about God. So that's Holy Spirit. You know, miracle stuff when you, you brag on him. But I do think that it's, it's uh, you just be obedient. So that's a long answer, but I hope that that's cool. All right, we got time for Clear. one more question, so we'll go right here with Star Wars shirt. That was back in the hard times. Let me think. I think it was in a van. It's really hard. Um, uh, let's see. I don't think there was actually a story to that. Some of the songs will have stories. Uh, that one is not one with a story. Me and, and Corey wrote it. My wife Corey wrote it together, and it was it was just a love song. That it was it was kind of the idea of of uh, love being able to handle. Um, you know, kind of like the idea that. When people don't feel like they're in love anymore, they think that means they got to move on. But that, that's not really what love is. And it can, it can take a little more. It can give a little more. So it was kind of love song, I guess you will. Yo, you're welcome. Sure. Some of my songs do have really cool stories. That's just not one of them. How about, how about I end with one story that's going to make everybody laugh? All right. This is a true story. I, uh, I was in Target. Not on a date, which is sad that you have to say, say that, but that's, I guess, my thing. Anyway, I love me some Target. Anyway, I was there with my daughter, and, you know, for everybody who has kids, you know when your kids are kind of, they're getting to age when you kind of forget that they're, they know how to read? You, you know what I mean? So they're like, you know, whatever, five, I can't remember how old she was, but, you know, you start, you know. Anyway, we were in the checkout line, and uh, my daughter says, what does better sex moves mean? And I was like, what? She's like, better sex moves. And it's one of those, like, magazines, you know, with, you know, with the better sex moves. And uh, I was like, I don't know. I'll buy it. Well, you know. Anyway, so <laughs> joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. They actually interviewed me for it, which was weird. JK again. That's really weird, isn't it? It's a joke. It's offensive. Anyway. But I just got, I was really annoyed, but what it led to was, I was looking at the cover, it was like, it was like, you know, some, some one of these dumb, dumb teenage um, people that's like always in rehab type stuff. And I was so annoyed because my daughter was looking at it, and I was just really ticked off in general that they'd have it there, they'd say that, and it's a really young person on it, you know, and the fact that all these teenage celebrities are so stupid, and you'd never want your own kids having a role model like that ever. And I was really annoyed about it. And so I was just, like, praying. I was getting all, like, worked up. You know, like, you know when you get, like, scared about dumb stuff. You know what I mean? And you don't trust God. And I was all like, God, who are my kids going to have to look up to? And, 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 and in a really gentle way, God was like, man up. 
You know what I'm saying? Man up, quit acting like a, like a, a moron. But it was a really hard time for me, and God was like, that's why, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be a hero for these people. So that was when wrote the song Hero was based on this stupid, offensive uh, magazine title. Uh, so now that's a good story. There you go. Leave you with one good one. Anyway, it's so nice of you guys to come, and uh, I love I love youth workers. You guys have, I was a youth worker as well. That's what I was going to, to hopefully do with my life, and maybe I will again when this is over. I love youth ministry. It's such hard work, and uh, me, me and my wife did youth ministry for a year when we had our first daughter. We took about eight months or a year off from Skillet, and we led a youth group in which I started thinking it would probably fine to beat a kid. It does give you that feeling like I think I got to beat these kids because they're so dumb sometimes. But uh, you're like, I can't believe I'm getting another call. And they're like, I messed up again. I'm not saved. I'm like, oh, my gosh. We have to go through grace all over again. I know I shouldn't have done it, but I was saved. Finally, I'm like, you're probably not. You know what I'm saying? You know it's true. You're probably right. You return to your vomit. See ya. No, I'm kidding. JK, JK, that's a joke. Once saved, always saved. Security of the believer, I'm all in. I'm a five-pointer, just so you know. He told me to turn it off. That's my road manager tells me to turn it off. You see, I have to live with this every day. Anyway, thanks for what you do. Uh, seriously, I love it. I love all you guys. So thanks for coming out. Yeah, so as we're, as we're ending really quick, do you have any words of encouragement you want to give them as they keep fighting the good fight? Absolutely. Uh, in, in all sincerity, it is really hard work. I know that from experience and you know, these kids are just, uh, some of them just simply need somebody to talk to, as you know better than I do. And I don't know, maybe if there's something I feel in my heart because of that question that that guy with the cool hat asked me. You know, sometimes I just found with, with my kids anyway um, that they don't even really want me to answer them. They just kind of want me to listen and be there for them and be led from the Holy Spirit with, with wind to kind of cast the net, if you will. And I just want to encourage you to keep loving those kids. It's such a... It's such an unrewarding job if you don't have spiritual eyes <laughs> uh, because it's such hard work and it's just, you, you, you know what I mean when I say unrewarding with, in, in that sense. But it's, I believe it's treasures in heaven. I believe it's, it's giving, it's servanthood, it's, it's God giving those jewels in, in your crown that you will lay before Christ when you give it. This is what you gave me. This, I was a steward of these kids, not for me, but for them and for you. So keep up your hard work. It's uh, treasures in heaven, even though there might not be treasures on earth. Keep doing what you're doing and loving those kids. Uh, we, we love joining with you in that. So thank you guys. I love it. All right, let's give it up for John Cooper.